0: Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, interviews. I'll have to do another interview at some point to keep uh, to keep maintaining that uh, claim. Yeah, but, that shelf uh,
1: life is kind of reaching its head. Yeah. Uh,
0: and uh, all the things uh, related to all elite wrestling. Uh, I'm Andy. Across the table from me is Jenny.
2: Hello.
0: And 111 miles to our southwest is Megan. Hello. Hello. So before we get into all the fun stuff this week, our usual Being the Elite, Dark, Dynamite ratings and news, let's start off with the way we start off every week. Megan, would you like to bring us the Elite Beat Pop of the Week?
2: Yes, I will. And this is another one that I think Jenny might be better at explaining than I am, but I can at least open it and make the sound. So (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am drinking a Mirabelle. This is a Brut Rosé that Jenny and I have drank multiple times before, and uh, I really enjoy it. But beyond that, I don't think I have any cool trivia about it. Jenny, do you know more of the history or really anything about this wine?
1: So all I know is that it's uh, from the Schramsberg uh, line of wines, and it's not a full champagne. It's a sparkling wine. That's pretty much all I know.
2: All right. I mean, that is on... The Schramsberg is on the label, so I will not dispute you on that. They, it is uh, a California wine. Okay. I didn't it, know that. I thought it
1: was a French. It has the fancy label of a French wine. Yeah. Yeah. But it, now it looks like it's, uh, yeah, it's Californian.
0: Napa Valley. It's an imposter.
1: <laughs> it is. It's, it's really nice. So we actually, um, if our listeners remember our uh, New Year's Eve, we did a blind tasting and we did five brutes and we did five rosés. This Mirabelle is a rosé, and of the five rosés that we had, I, I believe this was the winner. Um, and then the one after it was the Mum Napa rosé.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a very yeah. nice. It's a very nice uh, wine.
2: Go ahead and open it up, Megan. All right, here we go. Get that pop. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah, nice and loud.
0: It's potent. (laughs) And Jenny, would you like to uh, do your own little pop of the week?
1: Oh, yeah. I just have a little bit of the bubbly raspberry. Yeah. Unfortunately, my favorite sparkling water, Dasani, has apparently discontinued its entire line of sparkling water.
0: Kicked it to the curb.
1: It did. And it was really sad because I don't like these bubblies as well as the Dasanis
0: this is a category where pepsi has actually won yes yeah
1: and uh i found that they still had some in stock on walmart's website
2: so i have 80 dollars worth of sparkling water coming to the house oh my gosh are you gonna ration it it like a prepper so that you have it (laughs) damn it's so embarrassing
1: (laughs) But they even had the raspberry lemonade flavor, which I thought that they had discontinued. At
2: least, they didn't sell in our grocery store they anymore. They did
0: discontinue it. <laughs> That's going to be older than the rest of it.
2: <laughs> going to be so flat. Oh, uh, but you're going to have it. You're going to have it until the bitter end.
0: <laughs> and as for me, I am drinking a. Uh, I I got a little overzealous before we started recording. I cracked it open because <laughs> I was thirsty and forgot what we were doing, but I am drinking a... Yingling traditional lager, very fancy for a Sunday. But it is Super Bowl Sunday, so I feel like a, you know, a, a right-off-the-shelf right logger is probably pretty can. appropriate. A can, yeah, yeah.
1: I think Megan's doing it right.
0: Megan's always doing
2: it right. Yeah.
0: Try Being the Elite, 188, the morning after. This is a pretty simple episode, really. We're behind the scenes of the Jericho cruise. Uh, Matt and Nick are going over all the signings and activities they have planned for the day. It's a very busy schedule for them on the boat. And uh, Matt notes that Brandon Cutler isn't here, and it's very weird. They don't know where he is. And then the Bucks play basketball very well.
1: They're really good at shooting hoops.
0: We are on the beach in the Bahamas, and uh, Nick delivers a merch freak transformation because the fans have demanded it, and uh, walks on water really freaking Matt out.
1: Did he walk on water last year's being the elite too on the cruise? I don't recall. I feel like I've seen him walk on water before.
2: In your
0: dreams.
1: I mean, I have <laughs> dreamed about Mick Jackson <laughs> so
2: as the merch maybe? freak specifically. <laughs> no, as my husband. <laughs> your husband the <a> merch freak?
0: <laughs> uh Cody and Nick are uh, sitting at the production table on the cruise, like, and they're stalling the start of Dynamite because they don't know if Justin Roberts has shirts, presumably to toss to the crowd. And none of the guys back there want to go out and help because they don't want to, like, spoil their pop. (laughs) So, like, like Cody's sitting there saying, like, I don't want to go out because I don't want to waste my pop. And then Tony Schiavone wanders by and he's just like, what the hell's going on? And then in the only real storyline bits of the episode, the person who got the once-you-join-you-can't-leave scrap of paper... Uh, Brandon Cutler. ...is at home and being stalked by Evil Uno, who they do the gimmick where he looks out his window and Evil Uno is, like, standing on the sidewalk. And then he looks again and Evil Uno is, like, right up against the window. And this scared Jenny.
1: Well, it was just, like, the sliding doors thing that we saw last weekend when we rewatched Sliding Doors and the crazy... A fair girlfriend is right outside the window. Oh, when the bad boyfriend opens up the blind.
0: Gene Triplehorn. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It was, I think, partially scary because it got me too. The speed with which they got him to the window. I kind of expected maybe like a halfway point, uh, maybe a couple looking up and reveals, but he went from the street all the way up to directly in front of the window on, on the like the first glance down. So they they move very quickly.
0: I'd like to believe that wasn't editing, and it was just, like, they made him, like, full sprint to the window.
2: (laughs) I've seen (laughs) Evil Uno in the ring. He can't move that quickly.
0: (laughs) That's why I I wouldn't see it.
2: Yeah, I would love to believe that that was the reality of how that was filmed.
0: And he's just, like, holding in the panting until, like, until they get the shot, and then he just collapses. Yeah. And finally, uh, and you guys will have to help me out here, because I had the feeling something was being parodied in this last segment, but I wasn't sure what. But... Hangman Page is lying in bed the morning after winning the tag team titles with Kenny. And his internal monologue is providing a running narration of his thoughts and feelings. Like he thought that winning the titles would make him feel different, but it doesn't. He laments that he tried to quit the Elite, but the guys won't let him. And now he and Kenny are tag team champions, so he's kind of stuck with it. And then he attends a meet and greet and just hopes that someone will bring him a breakfast beer. So didn't this seem like it was something...
2: Yes, but it also could be the scene in any sort of rom-com or that type of movie where where the main character is having a revelation. Because there's nothing about it that jumped out to me specifically to connect it to one thing.
1: Okay.
2: Other than real
1: life.
0: I just know so they've all,
1: like, reached a goal and then felt like, I thought I would feel differently after I reached that goal.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't. It just, they parody pop culture a lot and I just... I, I, didn't, I didn't know if this was a specific reference.
1: Does Baby Yoda know?
0: Baby Yoda doesn't talk.
1: He's trying to, to the speaker here. Yeah. But I don't think he's tall enough.
0: No. No? He doesn't have a voice either.
1: One day he'll
2: get a voice.
0: When he's 150 years old, yeah.
2: <laughs> Can you imagine up. how annoying Teenage Yoda's gonna be?
0: <laughs> Probably like Teenage like, Groot.
2: Teenage Groot is yeah. such a... <laughs> Yeah, like a little little teenage asshole.
1: So. Yeah, I could have done for some more scenery on the beach.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, it was this because this was like a ten minute episode, yeah. and I expected like I expected like a, a one of their like kind of eighteen to twenty five minute eps for this, but they didn't get much. Well,
2: Brandon Cutler use, wasn't there, so you know that's film it. that's
0: probably true. <laughs> they didn't use much footage if they got a lot. I don't know.
2: They couldn't go back to the old days where they just found someone to hold the camera and be fine with that?
0: That takes us to AEW Dark for January 28th, 2020. Uh, 30-minute show this week. No storylines, no promo segments, just three matches. Nyla Rose defeats Shanna in a tables match. Uh, This was from the Miami taping at the Batch of the Beach. Uh, Nyla tried to put Shanna through a second table afterwards, but Sadie Gibbs made the save. And then Gibbs ended up going through the table herself. So good job, Sadie Gibbs, on making the save. <laughs> um, Sadie Gibbs also went for Space Flying Tiger Drop, her big dive, and she totally messed it up. So, I don't know, maybe maybe Nyla put her through the table in frustration. Uh, Kip Sabian defeated QT Marshall. Uh, this time it was from the cruise.
1: I would much have preferred to see the Kenny Riho versus Penelope and Kip match. Why did we not get to see that?
0: I don't know. I would have liked to see that too. Um, this was basically, they just used this to put Kip over and, and build up his dynamite match against Cody. And then in the final match of the evening, Dark Order defeats Sunny Kiss and Brandon Cutler. This was back in Miami. Um, I don't know why they did two locations for this episode of Dark, but uh, this was all storyline as uh, Brandon Cutler never tagged in and Sunny Kiss just took a beating from Uno and Grayson, and the leading theory is, of course, that Cutler is part of the Dark Order.
1: Yep. I've been saying that for months. I will enjoy my bottle of champagne when it is finally revealed. And if you check out at the Elite Beat pod on Instagram, you can see a great side-by-side comparison of Sunny Kiss's ring gear to share from Clueless's outfit. Spot on.
0: It's true. It was pretty close. Jenny you have watched the uh, first two episodes of uh, Brandy's therapy sessions yes on uh, which she has released on Instagram and I think I think one of them's on YouTube now but do you want to just kind of discuss what's going on here yeah. Megan have you seen these
2: no I had no idea what that is okay you... Jenny, you're
0: gonna have to describe
1: them. oh God okay I'm, I wasn't prepared for this I know you said I was gonna have to do this but I I was I not prepared I had a freak out after my interaction Um, We'll have to tell about the interaction, too. I know. Yeah. So Brandy is in her full-on gear with her netting hat covering her face a bit, and she is talking to a therapist. And in the therapy session number one, she's telling the therapist that she doesn't think anything's wrong with her, but her husband has told her she needs to go to therapy and discuss things. And the therapist says, well, you recently had a, a blow to the head how are you feeling after that? And she said, I've never been hit in the head. That's never happened to me. And then they do a great Bravo editing and they show Brandy getting hit in the back of the head on the barricade. Um,
0: the I week think one of dynamite
1: was a week one.
0: It was when Cody hit the dive.
1: Yeah. I can remember yeah.
2: it was week one or week two. Yeah.
0: Do you remember that Megan?
2: I do. Cause I remember his <laughs> so carefully done like dive that hit her and then being so concerned about her after I think we talked about how cute it was
1: it was really adorable um and so they just kind of move on from that and the therapist says well tell me about these new friends that you have and Brandy describes them a little bit and then the therapist asks Brandy do you know what a cult is she gives kind of a high level description of of what a cult is And Brandy said, have you been reading the internet? The internet's all about this, telling me I'm in a cult and all of this. And she gets frustrated with the therapist. She says, you know, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. Everything's good. And she gets gets up and walks away. And when they pan out, it's revealed that in the chair is just a blue monkey and not another person. So the therapist is not there. And Brandy, instead of being all glammed out is just in like sweatpants. So she's clearly hallucinating.
0: Yeah. She's hallucinating a therapy session.
1: Yes. So then in therapy session, number two, we have the same therapist again. And Brandy again has her gear on this time. Mm-hmm. And the therapist is asking her about how she's feeling about things and brandy is talking about how the internet is saying that she's terrible and that she's fat and that she's a bad wrestler and and the therapist has no idea what it's like to have that type of criticism and then uh the therapist again uh says you know your real friends and family are very important and you know you should treasure them but then brandy sees the therapist with black lipstick and a netting hat as well and then she's saying you know nothing's wrong with you brandy the haircutting stuff and the and the weird cult stuff is all good do you remember actually?
0: so like when in character in in the in the uh like, so Brandy kind of sees the these visions of the therapist in a kind of uh, nightmare collective character, and she's t- basically affirming that everything Brandy's doing is okay.
1: Mm-hmm. So then she again leaves this therapy session saying, you know, nothing's wrong with me, I'm good. And again, they pan out, and they show the blue monkey sitting on the chair. So again, she has not had a real therapist session. So I was really encouraged after this first one. Because I thought, well, one, they finally explained what the heck happened with the head blow. They could have explained to us that three months ago, and that would have been helpful. Nightmare Collective stuff still would have been bad and weird, but at least we would have understood the context of why she went crazy and why no one was talking about how she was crazy. Two... It's clear that there's a they now have a way out of this storyline that we're not going to have to miss Brandy for six months, which made me so happy because I think they need to get out of this. But all they need to do is have her hit her head again, and then she'll be fine, just like I feel pretty. Yeah. So after Brandy posted the second video on Instagram, in her stories she said, second therapy session's up, Please provide feedback in the comment section of the actual post. And I thought, I'm going to provide some constructive feedback from the Elite Beat pod on Instagram. Oh my god. So so I wrote, Brandy, we love seeing you on TV. You're so talented, smart, funny, and beautiful. We aren't loving the cult gimmick. But you could get out of it by just staging another... In quotations hit to the head on TV that was in quotations I'm not saying that I want her to hit her head we would love to see you showcasing your strong smart businesswoman side we love you yeah
0: I think that was all like very constructive and positive
1: I I, I complimented sandwiched it yeah I do love seeing her on TV and I would love to continue to see her on TV I think she's wonderful Again, not loving this current storyline that she's doing. Yeah. But wanted to provide some like good constructive feedback of hey, you're lo- the people who love you out there, we're not hating on you. We just don't like this storyline, and hey, maybe do something else. Yeah. So Brandy replied back and said at the Elite Beat Pod, oh. Just OH. Okay. What does that mean? Have I offended Brandy? Have I upset her? Is that a bad-o? Is that a good-o?
0: Maybe you're supposed to say I owe back. Yeah, back.
1: You know, that's what you would do in Ohio, but she's not from Ohio.
0: No, she went to Michigan, so she wouldn't appreciate that. No.
1: Yeah. Megan, what do
2: you think? Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how to read D leaves on that answer. I guess it's just... I don't know. I don't think it really matters. She she's not she's not gonna come for you, Jenny. Well no, I just don't want to have hurt her feelings. And what's so strange
1: is that there are like 40 comments on this comment on this post and she only replied back to us and all she replied back
2: was oh I don't know. I mean, I guess, congrats, you got replied back. But also, you know, maybe this is, uh, she secretly was like executive collective. I like the ring of that. So, you never know. I I I wouldn't be worried because I can guarantee you that what you wrote was like solid gold compared to some of the other things I'm sure she had written to her on the internet. Comments are awful.
1: Well, and I would never want to put out like negative comments out there or troll someone on the internet. She had just legitimately asked for feedback, and I thought, hey, here's a great way to comment at it with a positive energy and a supportive way of saying, hey, we love you. We're not enjoying this.
0: There are other replies to... Oh, there are now? No, 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 no. There are other comments, I'm sorry, on it. Um, Yeah,
1: I said there's about 40 comments. There's
0: 61 now. Oh, wow. And... And one of them is, what's your favorite thing about Selena Gomez? <laughs> so
1: I <laughs> two people, two people in the comments, two separate people, not the same Instagram handle, said, I thought this was a porno. <laughs> two separate
2: people with the same thought. I mean, Random. if you don't know who Brandy Rhodes is and you saw this, it could be the lead up to a porno.
0: Okay. Now here's the last thing I want to say about this. There are sixty-one replies to this video so far. She has only commented on two of the replies. Oh, someone else got a comment? One is yours. The other is Vicky Guerrero's. So you are in esteemed company because Vicky Guerrero is another blue check mark on Instagram. Well, Vicky
1: Guerrero was on dark a few weeks ago. What what was Vicky Guerrero's comment? Well, Vicky
0: Guerrero said, love this seg with five exclamation points. And Brandy just replied with a black heart.
1: Oh. I would have preferred the black
2: heart to oh.
0: Yeah, well, it's less ambiguous. (laughs)
2: Maybe she took offense at the implication that the original blow to the head was uh, kayfabe.
1: Well, no, I saw that her head actually hit the... Ba- I, I just didn't want her to actually have to hit her head again. Right. Because I do know that she hit her head on the barricade. I'm not saying that she faked that. And yeah. that's a metal barricade. I'm sure that hurt a lot. I just didn't want to imply that she needed to take another actual blow to the head. Right, yeah. Like, maybe she could do it on
2: padding.
0: No, no we know. We know, okay. yeah.
2: I don't. I wouldn't worry, Jenny. Your comment got lost in all of the other horrible internet comments. I'm sure, not specifically on that post, but she's a woman on the internet who has fame, so she's probably got. Gotten... Oh, and she's black. Yeah. So don't worry. Like what you said, out of her head. Yeah. Replaced by internet but garbage. But that's
1: not what I wanted. I wanted her to take our feedback and create the executive collective.
0: I think that's what the O means.
2: <laughs> I hope so. Oh, I'm intrigued. <laughs> There's not a lady boardroom like emoji she could have used, so yeah, but that's why.
0: <laughs> Megan, would you like to uh, begin the dynamite recap?
2: I would, of course, love to segue into that. This week on Dynamite, we've left the boat behind. Goodbye, eighty degree weather. Goodbye, beaches. Hello, Cleveland. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hello, Cleveland, Ohio. I'm so mad that they, like, didn't get punished by their bad decision making.
2: With
1: the snowstorm? Yeah. It just looked really cold. Yeah. And I can't believe that Cleveland has blown their entire tourism budget in the month of January. So Cleveland, two days prior to Dynamite, was featured on The Bachelor, where it was the destination that they went from L.A.
0: Peter and all those ladies love Cleveland. They-
1: Said it so many times how much they love Cleveland. Even though when Chris Harrison announced that they were going to Cleveland, the room was silent. And everyone kind of had open faces and like questioning looks. Yeah. But then once they got to Cleveland, they loved it. Everyone was so nice to them. It's such a beautiful city, a hidden gem. Mm-hmm.
2: I wonder how lemon. much you could be a model in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I feel like Cleveland's fine, but this is the weed-out city for them, because they'll get to go, like, to Europe next week or something, you know? It
0: just, yeah, they get to go to a real vacation spot.
2: Yeah, survive Cleveland, you'll be good.
0: So, so where were we tonight?
2: We were at the Wolstein Center, which I believe is on Cleveland's uh, Cleveland State University's campus? Is what yeah,
0: is. I believe it's the basketball arena.
2: Okay, yeah, so... We're at the Wolstein Center, and even though they didn't get punished by snow, I have to think it's probably pretty painful to go from cruise weather to like a 32, maybe. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: And you got the lake effect, wind, if not snow, so it's not pleasant. But yeah, since we're in Ohio, it only makes sense that we open the show with John Moxley, resident Ohioan on this mm-hmm. roster. And he gets like a super nice hometown reception when he comes out. I think he probably took five minutes to get down to the ring and then just listen to people clapping for him. So that was fun. Very Jericho moment. Moxley still has an eye patch. He's wearing street clothes, though, so we assume he's not getting into a brawl here. He's just out to kind of say his piece about Jericho. He basically is of the mindset that now all the fun and games are over because Jericho tried to blind him, and that's pretty unforgivable. But also that... Generally, these things, when you stretch them from now until the next pay-per-view, which is Revolution, on February 29th, I believe, you know, you have to have some in-between action. And he's not really patient enough for that. So he wants Chris Jericho to come out there tonight and just, let's just do the ass-kicking right now. He's ready. Just just take care of it. Which, I guess, Chris Jericho was like, sure, because his music hits, and he comes out, but he's not alone. He's never alone. And Jericho says that He doesn't think Moxley deserved anything other than what he got. He hasn't earned anything other than what he got. And he proceeds to call him, I think he called him like a pirate because of the eye patch that he's wearing. I just wrote down the line, yo-ho-ho and a bottle of dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're stupid. (laughs) Because he had to clarify. (laughs) So that was fun. Uh, But he also insults Moxley's mother. Or he... Not insults her, but he implies uh, bad things about her because he says he saw her backstage and she was looking fetching and that maybe he should call her up. Moxley doesn't like that. But he also says that he he explained to her as Moxley's mother that it's really all her son's fault that all this stuff happened to him. Exactly what a mother wants to hear. So it's okay. She understands the situation now. And Jericho is like, you want to fight that's fine, but we're not doing this even because we never can. So he summons the Inner Circle Boys, and then he also says that Santana and Ortiz have brought backup from the South Bronx, which was weird because that's nowhere near Cleveland, but I guess they traveled. So they make it up to the numbers 10 versus 1. What's really the
0: difference at that point?
2: Yeah, I know. It's kind of like... Once it's more than a couple, it's really just, like, how much of an ass-kicking are you going to get?
0: Yeah.
2: So, uh, Moxie's like, that's okay, because you have your inner circle, whatever. But I have everyone in this arena. And he does the OH, and they respond with IO. And he says, I've always wanted to do that. But it's clear that the, the arena supports him. I guess they'll run down and save him from these ten men, if needed. But because of this mindset... Moxley's like, all right, Uh, Ortiz walks forward as the first sacrificial lamb, and he kind of goes to, like, get up in Moxley's face, but he gets headbutted, and then once he's down, Moxley Moxley just runs straight forward into the crowd of nine other men, and does what he did the other week, or, like, last week, no, two weeks ago, he just fights them, he fights them, he has no numbers on his side, and eventually security has to break up the whole thing, And Moxley leaves the crowd, but he's kind of victorious because he's in the crowd, he's with his people, and everybody around him is like, yeah, fuck the inner circle, Ohio rules, O-H-I-O. And that's how we leave this segment.
0: Were you at all concerned that uh, somebody might jump the barricade? A little, yeah. Because he
2: riled them up.
0: He did, and it's not like he was telling people to do it, but he did say, like, it's us against them, and I I was afraid that somebody would, like... (laughs) take that as, like, okay, I'm going to jump the barricade and attack uh, Santana or something.
1: Yeah. I thought they should have staged, like, an indie guy to come out from the crowd and help, but then I thought oh, that would have yeah. encouraged
2: people to jump the barricade. Yeah,
0: that see, yeah, if you do that, then it's monkey see, monkey do, and, like, people go nuts.
2: I wonder if they increased the security along the, the barrier in front right there and just made sure that anyone on that task was, like, hey... You're not getting over this barrier. Don't even try. Perhaps. But yeah, he was he was definitely encouraging it and um not like telling people to run in like you said, but it was very much like an us versus them and if this were baby I don't know, 20 years ago, I feel like is that far enough back that people still believe this stuff was real?
0: Yeah, I mean, you would get yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think. I feel like there have been like fans rushing the ring in the last 15 years or so on WWE television.
2: Yeah, but they're trying to go into business for themselves.
0: That's true. Remember that guy in, like, Argentina who, like, punched Randy Orton in the balls? Yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do. Uh,
0: I think, was not he trying to, like, get his own wrestling career going or something like that?
2: Yeah, because he was, like, an amateur MMA fighter. But, you know, Dana White's not going to call you up after that. Mm -mm. Just because. The next segment we go to uh, reminded me a bit of Lucha Underground because it's, like, shot, yeah, it's, like, shot, like, um, like, Lucha Underground.
0: Friend of the pod Dan said this is, uh, this was his friend's butcher shop that this was filmed in.
2: Yeah, that's awesome, too, because it, um, we see MJF with Wardlow, and they're walking through this back area of a butcher shop to meet the bunny, the butcher, and the blade, and MJF, Hands the bunny an envelope, presumably full of cash, but all we see is that it has young bucks written on the outside of it. Mm. And uh, the bunny, for no reason, has just a giant knife that she's just like, Yo, I got this knife. So very threatening, but very cool the way they did it kind of cinematically.
0: Yeah. And then they were like, like when it panned up after she handed off the uh, she hands off the envelope to the blade. And when they pan up, they're in their full gear.
2: Yeah, it was really cool. You go from that to the actual match itself, which is the Butcher and the Blade facing off against the Young Bucks. Um, And MJF is there on commentary, being his usual MJF self.
0: He was so great on commentary in this match, though.
2: Well, he's really good at talking, so... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, When he he said that uh, the Young Bucks are fake Christians and the only verse they know is Austin 316... (laughs) I ruled
2: he's very good at commentary uh,
0: he said the butcher is apparently was apparently trained by josh barnett which i didn't know that
2: i didn't either yeah i thought that was interesting yeah i also like that he took the time to insult the young bucks for being backyard wrestlers mm-hmm. because teaching yourself how to do all the stuff they do is clearly not hard at all yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know i could just go outside and do a backflip no worries mm-hmm. well the young bucks get him you know get him back for that burn because they end up winning when nick gets the pin on the blade after they do the Meltzer driver and the truly important stuff i think happens after the match but i thought the match was good
0: yeah i think this was the best butcher and blade match so far and i think it just goes to show that you i mean like the young bucks are just incredible and you can't you can't have a bad match against the young bucks it's not possible
1: yeah, I think it was their best showing overall because the, um, the pre-taped show and the the pre-taped bit in the butcher shop was excellent and mm-hmm. then this match was really strong.
0: Yeah, I really liked that MJF's, the extent of his advice on like uh, helping his guys out was yelling at them to kick out, um, <laughs> which worked <laughs> for a while and then it didn't work at the end.
2: <laughs> yeah, when uh, I believe it was Nick had the blade up for the Meltzer driver and MJF's just like, come on, Blade, don't let this happen. Come on. (laughs) It's like, yeah, bud, I think he knows the strategy of winning. But yeah.
0: But he he wasn't that bummed out because, you know, the point wasn't to beat the Young Bucks. It was to beat down the Young Bucks.
2: It's true. That happened after the match. Uh, Fresh off the loss, the Butcher and the Blade were not having it, so they just started beating up the Young Bucks. But luckily, you know, Elite member Kenny Omega was there to run out and make the save, Followed kind of lately, like by Adam. <laughs> Not lately. Not lately. <laughs> he was he was uh he was a little bit He was, behind. He was yeah. purposefully walking. He sauntered, I would say. He didn't want to spill his beer.
0: Yeah, you can only walk it so fast a clip when that's, you're you know
1: That's right. At least he didn't have like a cocktail uh glass or one of those champagne flutes or or he would yeah. have had to
2: tiptoe out. Yeah. So he, he was purposefully walking quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he he walked out. He took the time to hand Matt his beer so that he could do a quick buckshot lariat and just get back home. Um, he, literally,
0: he literally told him to hold his beer.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. And Matt looked less than enthused by, to do this, but he did it. This is it? a
1: Matt issue. This is not a big deal. Megan, I would hold your beer any day. Andy, I would hold your beer any day. And also, Matt, not capable of defending yourself. So yeah, you
2: hold the beer because you can't take down the blade. <laughs> I I love how this is turning into whatever propaganda is necessary. <laughs> In these segments, I like it. I like hearing about it. I like seeing the other side of this.
0: <laughs> it's like turn on Fox News just to get yeah. like a. It's like, what are these lunatics raving about today?
2: <laughs> the butchering the blade lost. I don't see it that way.
1: <laughs> Adam's hair was beautiful. He didn't wet it down. This is my favorite Adam hair look.
0: Adam had really good hair. He he took the beer back and slugged it down, and then uh and then walked away.
1: Yeah, he he did what he came to accomplish. He defended them. He protected them. He helped them. He was a great friend and partner. But then he was done and Matt has weird energy, so he didn't want to stick around for that. Matt barely would hold his beer. He was about to have to put it on the turnbuckle.
0: This was I... just the greatest though, because they I, I mean, I know that it seems like it's building towards an Adam Page heel turn, but it can't. They can't now. No. He's so popular now. Like he this has gotten him so over.
2: I yeah, I love seeing week to week just where he's gonna fit into this. I I'm not gonna let Adam turn heel. Oh, we know, because you've already got your agenda started. Uh, (laughs) On this podcast, at least on this side of the table, uh Adam will always be a face. (laughs) This household does not recognize the heel status of Adam Page.
0: (laughs) But this ruled. I was really happy. I was was the best
2: thing they've ever done.
0: I liked the match, and then the post-match was even better.
2: So the next match up was uh, a women's match. We have Nyla Rose versus Big Swole, and Nyla Rose gets the win with her sit-down powerbomb. Uh, what did you guys think of this match?
0: I don't know. Like, I I wanted Big Swole to win. I kind of thought she was going to, and then she didn't, so I was a little disappointed. The match itself was, like, it was fine. There was nothing special.
2: I felt like they didn't click.
0: Maybe that was it, yeah.
2: I just wasn't sure if it was just me. It, the timing on it seemed... Kind of rough at times, so. Mm-hmm. But I'm assuming Nyla Rose got the win because we are still supposed to fear her after the Shanna thing. I want a big swole to win, too, so.
0: They, they mentioned that she's, like, apparently she's the number one contender right
2: now. What? Well, due to the things resetting, right? The ratings? Yeah. Or rankings. Oh.
0: So I, I didn't, I, I maybe I misheard that, but I was just like, how is that possible?
2: She's been I mean I'm thinking of the what like three shows in January she was on at least one other one right I feel yeah. like I've seen her a lot more than usual basically And Hikaru Shida's I think only wrestled once in January
0: Yeah
1: Britt has wrestled a few times though
0: Yeah I'm oh. looking at the rankings right now yeah it's it's Rose Shida Statlander Baker and Kong I feel like Chris Statlander's disappeared
2: Yeah they just uh, she did, wasn't on the boat, maybe? Or at least she had nothing to do with boat stuff, it yeah. seemed like. Yeah, she wasn't on the boat. She's been doing a lot of indie stuff.
0: Yeah, and she didn't have a segment on with, uh, with OC on uh, Being the Elite this week. So.
2: Yeah.
0: Hmm, wonder what's going on with that.
2: I think we all just need to, like, normalize after the boat. Maybe this is, like, a weird return episode and, you know... They're still not quite there yet, but that damn boat shook stuff up. And Pac (laughs) agrees. Oh, we'll get to Pac. And we'll also get to Britt. There's a lot of stuff later. Uh, But the next segment we get is a Kip Sabian versus Cody Rhodes match. And Kip is accompanied by Penelope Ford, his lady friend. Cody is accompanied by Arn Anderson, his professional coach. Who carries a scouting sheet and hides his mouth when he whispers tips to Cody with it. It's,
1: it's laminated. <laughs> I love, I that. love it. <laughs> it was a football coach move.
2: Yeah, it's very uh, Friday Night Lights over here.
1: My question is,
2: how did Excalibur
1: know that it was a scouting report if nothing had been filled out on it yet?
0: I'm telling you, he probably wrote scouting report at the top of it and then filled in the rest later.
2: Standard scouting report template in Excel. Jenny, yeah. come on. <laughs> There were were highlights in certain areas. Scouting report. (laughs) How much scouting do you really need to do against Kip Sabian?
0: I mean, Apparently not too much because he beat him without his coach even being out there.
2: It's true. It's true. Cody, uh, he defeated Kip. And he gave him, I think, three crossroads in the process of getting to the pin.
1: Three in a row.
2: Yeah. And as Andy alluded... Arn was kicked out due to events earlier on in the match. Um, and kind of the whole story of that was that Penelope is trying to help Kip cheat. And Arn is a very serious man and is not having it. So Penelope, so, Penelope
0: threw her boot into the ring.
2: Yeah, it was a sparkly Doc Martin. And it was so obviously hers and she's not getting that back cuz then arn threw it into the ground she screamed did you hear the scream yeah she was like
1: that boot was probably 300 bucks
2: yeah and she's walking around in like one sock one foot. sock yeah that's got to be annoying but yeah she did she did try to cheat and arn was just trying to be a stand up guy and pointed out but my boy Bryce was not having it so arn Maybe overstepped his boundaries by getting into the ring and holding up this sparkly Doc Martin and saying, Bryce, check this out. There's a cheater among us. And it led to like a weird chest bump. He pushed
1: him. He He assaulted a ref. Do you think he maybe overstepped?
2: He assaulted a ref. I thought you would take Arn's side because you're so anti bryce but I mean... You're you're right. He assaulted him. I forgot how much you love rules. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) No, I get it now. I I thought you were going to place Arn over Bryce, but your love of rules trumps them all, so... You're so right. Yep. Arn Arn makes a power play by, like, chest-bumping Bryce back, and, you know, Bryce is a, a shorter man, so... But he is the ref. He does have authority. And so after this happened, Bryce was like, you're out. You got to go. And that's when Arn tosses the shoe into the crowd. But he's gone. Lucky for Cody. Uh, he's a seasoned vet- veteran. And he knows how to win this match against Kip Sabian. Young child Kip Sabian. Without Arn needing to be there to do the play-by-play. But, yeah.
0: This match had a lot of fabulous pro wrestling goofiness in it. It had the whole thing with the manager. Um, Bryce long enough for Penelope Ford to hit Cody with the head scissors off the the ring steps. And then they uh, Penelope and Kip were going to celebrate that by smooching at the barrier and then Joey Janela popped up and they kissed the sides of his face before he backed off into the crowd and flipped them off.
2: That was so wacky. Yeah.
0: I loved it. How did he know that they were going to kiss right there?
2: He was just... You know, maybe just hoping. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he wouldn't have popped up at all if they hadn't floated over to that weird corner spot.
0: Yeah. But the, yeah, there was lots of good stuff. Oh, there was also that great spot where um, Cody accidentally like elbowed Penelope down and he was concerned, but she was just faking. So he picked her up and then kept like, like kicked him over and, and then she jumped up and cackled.
2: Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Cody's yeah. a good guy.
0: Cody is a very good guy. Yeah.
2: And he got punished for it.
0: Mm-hmm. He's gonna get punished next week when he gets ten lashes at the hands. Oh my God! Of MJ
2: <laughs> oh, thank Hi. you. This is gonna be so weird.
0: Cody said on Twitter, he said, "This guy's. I'm serious. This this one's TV fourteen. Don't let the little kids watch this one."
1: They already did this. <laughs> so like WWE did this on the Royal Rumble pay per view.
0: They beat him to the punch
1: with like Daniel Bryan and whatever the fuck Bray Wyatt's doing these days. The fiend. And it looked terrible. And it's going to look <laughs> terrible here. We'll we'll see. I think
2: if they just do it as MJF whipping Cody, it's going to look real stupid. But I, I hope for the outcome that Andy predicted where Cody says, fuck it, and just turns the tables and beats up MJF, and everybody is going to have to deal with it by still having the match. Yeah, there better not be one whip. They better... I mean, and they're doing this in the
1: South, too. Isn't it in, like, Alabama? that, that Yeah. It's
2: just so... Thank God it's too white, guys. It's just so bad guys. on so many levels. We'll see, though. We'll see how it goes. Fun times. Now, <laughs> the next segment, I enjoyed more than I expected. Um, Tony. Our boy Tony. <laughs> precious Tony. <laughs> he comes out on stage, and he's with Britt Baker, and they're going to try and redo this interview segment. Britt Baker
0: was dressed like an 80s mall queen.
2: She's in (laughs) Cleveland. She's basically a model. (laughs) (laughs) It
0: was incredible.
2: Cleveland is in a time warp where it's, they're just getting the 90s, so don't worry about it. So guys, Tony's here, and he worked at Starbucks. I don't know if you knew that. Tony, bless his soul, he apologizes or he, he basically says, hey, Brit, I hope that what I said last week didn't offend or upset you, even though Brit was pretty much the meanie of last week. And she's like, Tony, don't worry. We're the dream team. Um, I was trending worldwide. You were holding the microphone, Mr. Starbucks. So in, <laughs> in a way, you also were trending worldwide. She turns to JR at this point. And says, the real offender here, or last week, was Jim Ross. And I found this segment pretty funny because I'm a Jim Ross hater, I guess. (laughs) It's where I would fall on the spectrum. But she says, never again interrupt me when I'm speaking. Because if you remember, last week, Jim Ross was the one who initiated the cut to commercial in the middle of her ranting. So she must have taken that to heart. And she said, she's... She doesn't like how all he talks about when she's in the ring is her dentistry. I'm assuming she's implying that she's more than just a dentist, even though I think the dentistry is like a cool aspect of her. Uh, she's offended. That's the only one Jr. talks about. She also calls him judgmental about her division, the women's division and her entire generation and calls him out for repeatedly not being able to get the name straight on the women's <laughs> roster. I loved that. And he is judgmental of the women's roster. He is, and he messes up their names constantly. He so does. I couldn't even be mad that she was calling him out. I liked oh, it. Oh no, I loved it, and it was so true.
0: I was about to say, was this like, was this whole thing very cathartic for
2: Yeah, too? it was funny
1: because <laughs> it was true.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like, all right, Britt, look at you. Go heal. Go big or go home. So she she rips Jr. apart, and he doesn't really respond because he's on commentary. She can't hear him anyway. And she wraps back around to Tony, though, of course, and she tells him that based on his mouth and his breath, she thinks he has moderate to severe gingivitis and he needs to pick up a toothbrush. And then she does a mic drop that I admittedly don't understand because I know it's a sport reference I didn't get. But she says, Cleveland, congratulations. You finally have a baker you can trust in. Well,
1: as Cleveland Brown fans, Andy and I definitely got this okay it was football I was like "Uh." Baker Mayfield is the Cleveland Browns quarterback and he was a rookie last year and it was his second year this year and when they recruited Odell Beckham Jr. over the summer like everyone said the Browns were going to go to the Super Bowl which I was like everyone like slow your roll a little bit like it's still the Browns they still can't manage shit and uh and I was right and Baker was not nearly as good in his second year as he was in his first year, and and management was terrible. Yeah, he's the one who pushed to have Kitchenson as the head coach, and he was wrong there too.
2: Damn, so good burn by Britt then. <laughs> Very good burn, and she knows the burn because she's from Pittsburgh. Yeah,
0: Let's yeah. That was it. another. That was another. A big chant during her promo was uh, "Pittsburgh sucks." Yeah,
2: yeah. So she's getting like legit heat though, and I think she's doing way better as a heel.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Did you mention she took another shot at Riho?
2: Uh, no, I didn't, but that is true. She did call her out. For not being there, not defending her title. Yeah, which I- is weird because Riho was on the boat, wasn't she?
1: she yeah. She was
0: on the boat. It makes me feel like they are probably still, like, maybe going back to Brit versus Riho, but this time with Britt as a heel.
2: Yep. I think that makes it more interesting. Oh, totally. Yeah. It makes it more interesting and we'll make the match better unless Britt gets better. It
0: might.
2: Maybe give her time to practice, but let her keep doing these promos with Tony. These promos are great. I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff from Britt. We go backstage to another interview where Lexi is with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and. The Young Bucks are explaining that their main objective at this point in time is just to climb back up the ranks in the tag team division. They do want to, like, they do want to get the titles, but right now, you know, they realize they're not necessarily the first contenders. Drunk Adam (laughs) shows up in this picture. Has been drinking, Adam Page. Has been drinking. Yes, it's still drinking. Uh,
0: Upset he wasn't on a booze cruise, Adam Page.
2: (laughs) She was. You just go to the bar, Adam. <laughs> I was sad he didn't get a Chiron when he came in for his earlier entrance.
1: It was yeah.
2: too fast. Yeah, he, <laughs> you blink and you miss him. He was only there for one move. But this time around, he he's here for a little longer. He rolls up. He's got his belt on his shoulder. Kenny does not. Uh, but Adam does. And he also has in his hand nameplates. And he... He's like, hey, guys, check it out. Check out these sweet nameplates we got put on these championship belts when we got them. Also, P.S., they made nameplates for everyone who is a contender, just in case. And here are yours. Maybe one day you'll need them. And he hands them the nameplates. Yeah. He's giving them to them because he knows they'll need them. And did you and, see how
1: weird Matt reacted to him handing this? Do you think how- maybe it's because it was kind of a bitchy move? <laughs> oh, You know that the Bucks would, like, be wearing those belts all around Adam and Kenny as well. Just like when they got upset that SCU
2: wore them to their Christmas party. But you know the Bucks would have done the same thing. Now look, you've got to accessorize with your tag team title. I learned this from Kaz.
1: (laughs) I was going to wear
2: different pants, but... (laughs) (laughs) These required a belt. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it crosses the line when you're like, here is the proof that you've lost in these nameplates that were made. Here's the proof of hope that you're going to get your nameplates
1: used on the belt. Don't lose them.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I look forward to this segment every week. (laughs) (laughs) Defending Adam and all the ludicrous shit he does. I love it. It's the best thing that's going on. In the company right now, he's great. I'm not gonna fault him. I but I do think he's he's perhaps a um, slightly more negative than you are perceiving him. But I'm gonna hand wave that way, much like Kenny does. Uh, Adam leaves, and Kenny's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we're still the elite guys, and next week we're gonna show that off because I have personally booked a match for us, and that is a match between the elite which is Matt and Nick of the Young Bucks, Kenny and Adam, who walked away, but I guess is still on board for this or will be told to show up. And they will be facing off against the Butcher and the Blade and a tag team of their choosing. And I'm going to go ahead and spoil later on in the show we find out they have chosen the Lucha Brothers. Oh, wow. That's a heavy choice. I think it's a smart choice because they're good. Yep.
0: Lucha Brothers have had success against the Young Bucks.
1: I guess I didn't think that the Lucha Brothers would want to team with
2: the Butcher and the Blade. I don't think they necessarily have the same evil guy game plan, but I do think that they wouldn't want to pass up an opportunity to beat up the Young Bucks even more. That's fair.
0: There's a guy playing in the Super Bowl today named, uh, for the 49ers. His name is George Kittle. He's the tight end. And, uh, he does, as his like his celebration for big plays and touchdowns. He does the, uh. The Pentagon hand signal and Cerro Miedo.
2: Wow. Yeah. Damn.
0: And he's like talked about it in the press this past week about how like he loves, uh, he loves Pentagon. He's like, he's an elite wrestling now.
2: Wow. <laughs> yeah. You love the cross promotion.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. He loves Pentagon? Yeah. No.
1: Why? <laughs> no. Phoenix is better.
0: Well, Pen- Phoenix doesn't go Serumiedo.
1: Uh, Phoenix is way better. Well.
0: No. You can take it up with, you know... Did he, did he call Titan out George Pentagon
1: Kittle. specifically, or did he call out the Lucha
2: Brothers?
0: No, he called out Pentagon. Shit! Yeah.
2: You better it leave, an in, leave an Instagram comment. Uh-huh. Oh. 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 <laughs> I'm just gonna start, like, responding to stuff you send me. Like, text, I'm just gonna be like, oh. I've been spiraling for two <laughs> hours because of the O. Please you don't should give me not. More O's. You should not spiral because you're fine you didn't say anything bad it's fine
0: okay it's his first down celebration not his touchdown celebration but the um but uh yes uh pentagon has has commented on this he says the 49ers are going to win the super bowl and george kittle is going to be the star i already sent him my <laughs> best wishes
2: <laughs> i've given him my power
0: there's a picture of him on instagram wearing the 49ers uh kittle jersey nice
2: yeah. that's fun
0: George Kittle said, two years ago in New Orleans, I went to WrestleMania and I saw him wrestle like six different times at a bunch of different shows.
1: <laughs> his swagger
0: in the ring, his confidence just kind of stuck with me. Wrestling is something I love and enjoy, too. So seeing him that in the ring and how he holds himself and how he enters the ring, how he leaves the ring, everything he does has purpose. And I love that. Wow. That's
2: so cute. What a fun little like bromance. I love,
0: th- I love that that means that, like, this George Kittle guy went to went to WrestleMania, but he also went to a bunch of random indie shows.
2: That's great. Yeah. I mean, can you pick him out of a lineup? He probably blended in.
0: He's fine. He, he probably did, yeah. yeah.
1: Do you think that he even went to WrestleMania, or he just went for all the indie shows?
0: He said WrestleMania specifically, so, yeah. I don't know. I just thought, I knew we weren't going to get a chance to talk about Pentagon anywhere else on the show, so I thought I'd, I'd slip that in here instead of news. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Here that's on Super fun. Bowl Sunday.
2: Yeah. I like it. Well, speaking of tag team action, we get some in the next segment. SCU has a match against the Hybrid 2, who I feel like we haven't really seen in a while. Um, and I just am reminded that Jack Evans has zero chill and Angelico maybe has too much chill. And that's why they work so well together. Or why Jack should leave Angelico. One day he will. Don't worry.
0: And Helico is very tr- uh, tranquilo.
2: Yeah, I feel like once he gets to the ring, he doesn't always necessarily realize that the match needs to start, so he needs to wrap up that little dance.
0: Now, did you notice? Corner. Did you notice the uh, the uh, like the bone themed gear, like the skeleton themed gear that they were wearing?
2: I did, and I wrote it down specifically. And here's why: <laughs> <laughs> Jack Evans has decided to wear a hoodie that it has the same design. And is meant to basically simulate the stupid bodysuit that Angelica wears. But Jack Evans can take his off and wrestle like a wrestler.
0: Great, because it's just a hoodie.
2: Exactly. So I'm extra bitter because Angelica refuses to do this. And also, I don't know if you noticed, there is a point in the match where I saw that Angelica's not wearing a bodysuit. The shirt is detached. And really? he refuses to take it off. That's like ricochet when he did it that one time.
0: Oh yeah, but he was Nightwing. Yeah,
2: that's terrible. Yeah, the shirt came up a little. I saw backskin and Helico. What are you doing? <laughs> Take your shirt off, in Helico.
0: <laughs> so, they, the the skeleton theme was meant to honor uh, the passing of LaParca, a legendary uh, lucha libre performer who who died last week.
2: Oh, okay.
0: And, and he, his, his his like gimmick was he wore like a a, a costume that was like had like a bone. Like the template, basically, he was a big skeleton man.
2: Oh, I like that. At least this stupid bodysuit was a tribute to something.
0: Yes, SEU's cosplay was much more obvious.
2: Yes, they were uh, wearing Lakers jerseys to honor Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. And Christopher Daniels kept his on the whole time because he wasn't in the match, obviously. But Kaz and Scorpio had yellow and black themed tights on this week. Right, yeah. I feel like the outcome of this match was predictable because SCU wins. Um, specifically Scorpio, pins, and helico after he and Cass do the SCU later. But I thought it was a fun, you know, good match.
0: Yeah, it was just like a it was like a rehab win for them to just remind you that they are like even though that they, they lost the tag team titles, they're still a top tag team in this company.
2: Yeah, yeah, and this was not necessarily you know like no stakes because they're not the champions anymore but it was two talented teams facing off and doing cool totally. stuff yeah. and in Helico um I respect his cheat game because he really went for it this match uh he did a thing where he distracted the ref at one point and allowed Jack to beat up on I think it was a B Kazarian and then later he turned around and moved into a position where he was ready to get the pin and then screamed at the ref for both being distracted and not doing his job. (laughs) So I was like, good job. (laughs) And then he tried to get the pin and he failed. Uh, He also attempted to get a pin by putting his feet on the rope and then Scorpio knocked them off. And he was livid in a way that is just the happy delusion of a cheater where it's like, yeah, man, You were cheating, (laughs) but he was mad that this was ruined. So I appreciated Angelica this week, if only because he's a cheater. We see at the end of the match on the big screen, um, everybody looks up, including the entirety of SEU. And there is a Dark Order video playing. And this video uh, has Evil Uno reaching out to Christopher Daniels specifically. He says the Exalted One is unhappy with him. Which, okay, I I feel like Christopher Daniels hasn't really done anything, but the Exalted One is mad. And well, because he
0: resisted, of, he resisted recruitment.
2: Well, isn't that kind of the default state of most people?
0: Yeah.
2: You hope. Uh, but because he did that, the Dark Order is going to be targeting his friends and family. And when asked by, uh, Evil Uno asked Stu Grayson, like, who should we go after first? Stu's like, I don't care. So we don't know.
0: I liked his line read on that, though.
2: I didn't write it down, so if you... Well, no, he
0: just said, the way he said, I don't care. I thought it was, I just thought it was good.
2: Yeah. I feel like Stu Grayson's, like, the muscle. Like, he doesn't need to be involved in planning. So we don't know who they're going after, but uh, apparently they're targeting somebody related to Christopher Daniels. And... Uh, Christopher Daniels is like bring it on I don't care he, he seems unconcerned so they show SCU leaving the ring but Christopher Daniels is mostly fired up if if anything he's not scared
0: did this make either of you think it's possible that the exalted one is Christopher Daniels
2: wow. no but I like that twist
0: <laughs> I don't know if it makes any sense but like it, it did occur to me but yeah I don't know. Maybe if they can't get Matt Hardy, they can like, they can that could be like option B.
2: <laughs> I kind of like the idea that they're building in that back door to, to fix it if Matt Hardy isn't along for the ride. Right. Oh, that could be interesting.
0: Yeah.
2: All right. Well, we'll see he, where this goes. Used to be the
0: fallen angel, so.
2: Yeah. Did he ever command followers, or was he, was that kind of in name only?
0: No, oh, yeah, that was, like, uh, you know, he had that he had that stable in Ring of Honor, the, um... Oh, what was that? What was the stable in Ring of Honor? Uh, the Prophecy.
2: Oh, yeah, okay. I remember him from Ring of Honor dressing like a priest, but I think I forgot the specific, like, group that he yeah, formed. Yeah,
0: it, like, it was, like, Alice in Danger and, like, some other people.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I could see him... Honestly, if, if Matt Hardy's not ready to play ball with this group, like, let Christopher Daniels be a cult leader because he can wrestle if needed, but also he's very good at talking. So I'm into it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Hoping for that weird secret turn. After this, we get a video package. <laughs> like, and I want to say that I love Pac and I think he's very intense. I thought it was kind of weird to see him just hanging out on like a dark uh, stair, outdoor staircase in his full gear. He's always
0: in full gear. He's full gear ready.
2: I, I guess it's true, but it's like.
0: he's. That's why we have that term now. Yep. <laughs>
2: I, you're right. You're right. It's just so funny that it's like you're outside at night in Cleveland, Ohio, and you're just got your trunks on.
1: And you can see his breath. It's so cold. Yep. And his hair's all wet And then he does like this cough and like spit take I bet
2: he's gonna get pneumonia from this promo I hope he doesn't I Kudos for the commitment To the bit
0: I thought he was just like choking on Kenny's name When he said it
2: Oh really? That's (laughs) what what I
0: thought
2: It could be both honestly i hope he doesn't get pneumonia
0: did you megan did you see his like his conor mcgregor promo from a couple weeks ago where he was sitting in the chair wearing like sunglasses and like a nice nice clothes no okay that was on one of those road twos that we linked you to and you didn't watch um
2: yeah well... <laughs> i'll have to check that out was, though
0: <laughs> wasn't that excellent do you remember that jenny i do yeah yeah that was excellent that was that was in the lead up to the the moxley match
1: that was my favorite of his promos yeah he kind of looked like Julian Fellowes doing his <laughs> Amazon
2: uh, intro for Doctor Thorne.
0: He's been oh. he's been on a he's been on a uh, roll lately with his talking.
2: I think he's very good. I mean, don't please don't take my laughing as any criticism of what he delivers. It's just the setting was funny to me. Mm-hmm. But he's oh. he's very, he's, oh. Oh. he's very good. I, I'm going to ignore your brandy response. He's very good. <laughs> um, but the, I guess what it boils down to, what he's talking about while he's outside in the cold on the staircase, half naked, is that he's mad no one wants to play with him. Um, Moxley moved on because he's going to fight Jericho, uh, but Pac is he leaves the door open. If there's anything left after that fight, he's happy to face Moxley again. Uh, he's specifically very mad about Kenny Omega and the arrogance and audacity he has shown by relegating Pac to facing him whenever he, whenever suits Kenny's schedule. You know, like he Kenny didn't close the door on their match, but he did say it's not really a priority. So Pac's mad about that, and he wants to shift it. He's he's not going to play by Kenny's schedule anymore. He's coming for him, and he says. He's coming for blood starting next week. So I'm assuming he's going to try and hurt Kenny's friends. The Michael Nakazawa thing didn't really seem to... He didn't really succeed very well.
0: Well, Kenny will have three of his friends with him in that match next week, so... True. I also liked when he said that he would... uh, That he might just come by and pluck Jericho's other eyeball... uh, Or uh, Moxley's other eyeball out. Yeah.
2: I mean, he can try. I don't think he'll succeed. But it was good. Pac's very good. I just think it's funny seeing him on a Cleveland street doing his thing. Mm -hmm. That takes us to the main event, and we have Private Party teaming up with Darby Allen to go against Proud and Powerful with Chris Jericho. The Inner Circle is powerful. And Chris Jericho pins Isaiah Cassidy in this match to get the win. Uh, But I think I think some some fun stuff happened in the middle there in the match itself. There is some after the match stuff. But do you have any comments or how do you feel about the match?
0: The match is good. They, uh, you know, Darby really shined, and I think that was kind of the one. That was one of the goals of the match. Mm -hmm. Um was to, like, really, you know, like, make Darby, Darby kind of the star coming out of it. And uh, in that way, and with what happened after the match, I think they accomplished their goal.
2: Yeah. I think Darby maybe did the safest coffin drop ever onto Jake Hager because he's totally able to catch him and stop the momentum.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, so that and it looked good, good too, yeah, because he was a big target. I think, and, you know, it, it occurs to me that Jericho is probably just kind of probably likes to, like, kind of get his hands on these new guys and just kind of see, you know, if he can impart any wisdom or help them along by, you know, working with him.
2: Yeah. There was a moment where I didn't believe it, but I was happy to see it, where Isaiah Cassidy looked like he was going to get a pin on Jericho. Mm-hmm. But Jericho kicked out. I thought that that was generous because I'm like, I don't think you're going to be the one to win this, but <laughs> you got to look cool in the moment.
0: Yeah, totally.
2: Didn't he scream something on the side of, like, what are you guys doing?
0: Oh, yeah. So Isaiah Cassidy was doing this really complicated uh, pinning sequence with, uh, I think, Santana.
1: I thought it was Ortiz. Was it with Ortiz, Maybe it was Ortiz. And remember. he was doing
0: all kinds of cradles and rolling around. And at some point, Jericho just screams out, what is happening?
1: <laughs> and I... Had just screamed that at the TV, yeah. like, seconds before Jericho
2: did. Jenny and Le Champion on the same wavelength. <laughs> yeah, there was a really complicated series of moves that was done, and it looked really cool. So, I get it.
0: And the Judas effect looked good, and, and uh, Cassidy sold it very well with his hand twitching as Jericho was penning him.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like a fun match, and uh, I think... Darby got a hot tag at one point and got to spend some time fighting Jericho, which was good because I think, you know, that could be a thing in the future.
0: He hit him with the tope.
2: Yeah. Knocked
0: him, knocked him up against the, yeah, and he was like hit, he was hitting big, like he hit the like the Yoshitonic uh flipping uh, power bomb thing on uh, one of Proud and Powerful, and yeah, he was going nuts. Like I said, they really they really did a good job of showcasing Darby even in a match where his team lost.
2: Yeah, so after the match, even though they got the win, the inner circles got an inner circle. So they're going to beat up everyone, of course. Um, they they focus really heavily on Darby. They knocked Isaiah out of the ring, and then they beat up Mark Quinn and then moved on to Darby specifically. And um, Sammy picks up Darby's skateboard, which I feel like is, you know, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> Don't take another man's skateboard. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> But he uses it to slam him in the ribs. And then they also set it up. So, you know, they kind of slam Darby down onto it, onto his throat and knock him out. And they're just being really mean boys. And then finally, well, you could argue maybe a little too late, uh, John Moxley runs out and he's got a baseball bat. So he hits uh, Hager and then he gets in the ring and he, he knocks all the other inner circle guys away. And he makes the save because... He has a code. He mentioned that in his promo at the top of the show that you know he's not just a crazy bad guy. He has a code, and he can't sit back there and watch five people beat up one person. So,
0: well, he's a longtime believer in justice. We know that.
2: Yeah, I. He's got the background for it.
1: Mm-hmm. Chris Jericho had a really proud father moment with Sammy Guevara uh, <laughs> during this when. Sammy picked up the skateboard. Jericho had, like, asked for, for it to to hit Darby with him. And Sammy was like, no, I'm I'm going to do it. And then Jericho was just so proud that he gave him the big hug, like, the big poster board. Mm-hmm. They reenacted it.
0: And Sammy just walloped Darby with yeah. it. I really want them to save Darby versus Sammy for the pay-per-view. I think that would be a really good, like, undercard pay-per-view match.
2: Yeah, I think that'd be cool.
0: And I think that it seems like they're building to that, you know, because they focus so much on sammy specifically hurting darby
2: he is closest in age to darby yeah Ugh. if darby got pulled into the inner circle can you imagine the strife he's just like don't replace me dad
0: (laughs) i uh i'd be more worried about jungle boy honestly
2: oh yeah that too because
0: he even looks like a young jericho
2: (gasps) oh yeah jericho he respects the hair
0: so do you think we're going to get a uh, a big Darby and uh, Moxley team up in the next few weeks here?
2: I hope so. Well, that'd be fun.
0: Like those two against Proud and Powerful, or those two against like Jericho. I I'm, I wonder because they they've they've made sure that like Jericho and Moxley haven't been in a match against each other yet. So I wonder if they'll if they'll do a tag team match to tease the the main event of the pay per view, or if they'll keep them apart for the whole time.
1: Because they could do the tag team, but not let them in the ring at the same time.
0: I mean, they could. It'd be kind of hard, but like, yeah. But I, but they could do. Yeah, if they wanted to do that, they could do Jericho and and Sammy versus Moxley and Darby. Yeah,
2: and you could just have Darby or Sammy get pinned.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, what do we think overall this week's dynamite?
2: I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good.
0: Yeah, the, I didn't think there was any blowaway match this week, but I thought that they they did a good job, like building towards a lot of
1: things. I thought they did really well with storylines this week.
2: Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like there were any slow parts. Like it, it flowed well and there was no drag so
0: yeah it was just like a fun to watch show
2: yeah
0: all right well uh that takes us to the rest of our show here uh ratings uh both shows NXT and w- or AEW of course we track because it's the head to head battle uh they dipped a little bit from last week both of them but AEW of course wins the night again 828,000 viewers uh and they finished third in the demographic uh, they even beat an NBA game, which they do every now and again. But
1: uh, They're off 100,000 viewers since the beginning of January. What do you think's driving that? They were in the 900s.
0: For that one week?
1: Well, not for the one week, for three weeks. Were they? Or two weeks. Two weeks, they were in the 900s. Were they
0: really? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I just, you know, I think they, they did a good job building up to that January 1st show, and then... Um... But then
1: the week after January 1st, they still had the 900s.
0: Mm. Um But then uh, NXT, on the other hand, uh, did 712,000 viewers, and they were 37th in the demo. So still a bunch of old watching that show, which I know makes Megan just like...
2: <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. It bothers me. <laughs> At least someone's watching it, Megan. Yeah, but I feel like there should be more of a crossover in the AEW-NXT viewership than there is, because... They're young guys. They NXT doesn't do the thing WWE typically does and bring in like legends, right? You know, like it's always appreciated. Yeah, it's always like fresh talent, and they're younger, so I don't understand why they can't get at least a slice of that demographic.
0: Jenny, you know what? It it was actually it was three straight weeks.
2: I said it was three weeks, and then I I backed down.
0: They did nine sixty seven, nine forty seven, and nine forty. Man, yeah, that that is so that that's is a why little, I'm
1: wondering what happened. It was a little
0: worrying that they're down like over hundred thousand viewers. Yeah, I don't know what's going
2: on in four or five weeks. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. was were they at their lowest at like six hundred thousand?
0: Yeah, the the um the like the Thanksgiving Eve episode did six hundred sixty three thousand viewers.
2: Okay, so okay, they haven't dipped below five hundred thousand though, so
0: no so i think six i believe 663 is literally their lowest one ever
2: okay and
1: thanksgiving eve that's understandable
0: yeah you can just kind of throw that out for both shows that week um i would think in news uh here's some there's a lot of interesting news this week actually from the observer uh there is in the super bowl official program like the official program you you buy at the at the stadium there is a full color page ad full page color ad for aew with uh, right next to the table of contents. It's just like so they so they you know, that's a lot of money to to buy a well, ad in the
1: don't you think that they probably got a discount because of I one mean, of
0: the even team so, owners? even so, you know.
1: I was about to say like that would have been really expensive, but then I thought, well, Shad Khan probably got a really good deal being an owner.
0: Right, yeah. Uh Riho and other women from Stardom were on this week's episode of SWAT on CBS. The team has to go. Had to go to Japan to transfer a prisoner who escaped. And Riho played the prisoner's girlfriend. She played a wrestler, and there were wrestling scenes in the show.
1: Wow! I might Hell actually yeah. go like
0: watch that on demand just to see like <laughs> just to see Riho on a uh, CBS show.
1: Is that the one with Chris O'Donnell? Yeah,
0: no, that's NCIS Los Angeles. Oh, okay. I don't know who's on SWAT. I've heard of that show though. I see. I think I see it when we watch Browns games on CBS. There's always uh, SWAT ads.
2: I know there is a man who used to be on Criminal Minds on that.
0: Uh, John Moxley, when he was on the uh, the cruise, uh, he spoke to Fightful.com, uh, and, uh, who was one of the outlets uh, there on the cruise covering things, and uh, he said, being stuck on this boat for four days, I'm like, all right, got to be stuck on a boat with a bunch of people I don't know for four days. I'm not necessarily cross-claustrophobic, but I'm not so sure I want to be stuck in some tiny little cabin, or how big is this boat? Like, My social anxieties and all my neuroses are going to come to the forefront when I'm stuck in this boat with all these people. It was fun to just wrestle for three days in a row with great fans. I got to wrestle Christopher Daniels for the first time. It's been over 15 years since I had my first match. I never happened to cross paths with him. He's a guy I watched when I was a teenager on VHS tapes. Legends. To be able to get in the ring with, cross another guy off the list, he's one of those guys you just want to work with, too. My point, bringing up the boat, was all these people are on their vacation or whatever, but for me, every day is a fucking vacation. I get to wrestle for a living. So I don't need to go to the Bahamas to have a vacation. I'm in Cleveland. I'm on vacation next week in Huntsville. I'll be on vacation. Tokyo. I'll be on vacation. It's a great life. Who is this? Moxley.
2: Oh, wow. I love him.
0: I just, I just, I, I, I wanted to add that in just because I remember when he left WWE and there are people in WWE who would say things like, he's not going to be happy anywhere. He's just a miserable person. You know, he's like, he's just an odd duck. Who's not going to, there's nowhere he's going to be happy. He's just a miserable guy. And it's just that that company made him miserable.
2: Yeah, he just sounds like a good Midwestern boy. Yeah. I, yeah. I also think they just, they're really bad at understanding motivations from people outside of money. Like, I think Daniel Bryan super confuses them. I think Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley confuses them because he he's not like, he's different than Daniel Bryan, but I feel like they both kind of don't give a shit about money necessarily or like weren't swayed by large contracts um so like i just think they're really bad at reading people and he is a weirdo but like they don't get that what motivates him is you know like self um almost like being your own boss because in aew he gets to be in control of his creative it's just like wwe you are so old school you need to get your head out of your ass
1: well, they're a traditional corporation, and I think most corporations have a difficult time understanding employees' motivations and what drives people rather than money.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, here's, a, here's a note from the Observer was, I thought was just like super fascinating. Back in the summer, AEW made Edge a big-money offer to work a few matches per year. He went to WWE to leverage the offer and claimed AEW had offered him $3 million per year. So, WWE matched it.
1: Whoa. How much did AEW actually offer him?
0: I don't know. But But you
1: lie, Edge. get it.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know. If anyone who listens to this is not, like, a WWE fan, Edge returned in the Royal Rumble. Yes. And, yeah, he's making gigantic money uh, to do not that much, not that many matches.
1: Ten uh, shows a year? I don't know.
0: I'm not sure exactly, but um he's getting you know like that was that's the fear of losing a big star to aew right wow there. yeah
1: way to go edge and beth phoenix
0: yeah <laughs> yeah
1: he's gonna need that money after her head wound
0: <laughs> to, to, to staple her head up oh my
1: god that was she was she was, on, she was
0: on nxt doing commentary on wednesday
1: i was i i couldn't watch the Women's rumble because her entire
2: head was red Yeah. Was was it like a planned spot, or did she just get busted open?
1: No, because the refs kept coming up to her and like talking to her in the corner. Like, I she uh she hit the back of her head, I think, on like the side of the turnbuckle and just busted it open. Oh God. Okay. Yeah.
0: It was something else. It was.
1: Oh my God. I I'm gonna I feel like I'm gonna vomit thinking about it.
0: (laughs) All right, let's move on then. Uh, Jonathan Huber, uh, who is uh, most recently Luke Harper in uh, WWE. 40 years old, is expected to sign an AEW and debut on March 18th in Rochester, New York, which is his hometown. Uh, he's expected to use his old ring name, Brody Lee. He could legally start as early as February 12th, but uh, Dave Meltzer speculates uh, they will probably wait for his hometown, so it will get a big reaction.
2: Yes, but like, fuck legalities. I want somebody to to like test this Just no the contract. Yes. <laughs> because it's garbage. They treat these people like garbage. And I yeah. think that there should be some sort of precedent set.
0: Uh Lance Archer of New Japan is in serious talks. Uh the deal isn't done, but it's far enough along that angles have been talked about. Uh and uh, Dave Meltzer's not sure if this would be like a AEW New Japan like dual contract situation like Jericho and Moxley or if he'd be leaving New Japan. I like Lance Archer. He's a good big man.
2: I've only seen him on a couple things, but...
0: Yeah. The Young Bucks are writing a dual autobiography called Young Bucks Killing the Business from the Backyards to the Big Leagues, which is set for a September 29th release by Day Street Books. I'll read that book.
1: Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I read their children's book.
0: That's right. (laughs) (laughs) The Observer spoke with Dick Jackson regarding the Young Bucks dropping Twitter. He said it wasn't any specific incident that caused it and had nothing to do with the reaction to the December 18th show.
1: Bullshit.
0: Nick said he'd been thinking about it for a long time, and he said that the negativity in certain aspects got so bad, including things like threats on their children.
1: Oh my god. That's horrible. That's terrible.
0: Matt then also agreed to do so.
1: I do not doubt that they had been thinking about this for a long time. And they had said that they had even taken breaks from Twitter, where that they had paused their account for extended periods of time. So I don't I totally think that that's all true, but they definitely officially shut it down after the dark order stuff.
0: Uh both said that after dropping Twitter, they feel that they may never go back on it again and that their lives have been so much less toxic since.
2: Good. Yes, learn from it.
0: <laughs> uh Tony Khan went to TNT before the January 15th show to get the station's approval. <laughs> on Jericho spiking Moxley in the eye with a spike, noting that TBS was furious in 1988 when the Road Warriors did the same thing to Dusty Rhodes. And uh, so I guess he just wanted to make sure that that, that uh, 30 years later, these c- completely different group of people was okay with it.
1: That's that smart. He's a smart businessman.
2: You don't want to piss off the people he do business with. I mean, that's adorable, because also I think the goalposts of what's acceptable have been pushed so far back since that time frame. yeah, it's probably fine.
0: The other thing he got cleared in advance was MJF's idea to wear the I-Banged Dallas's Daughter (laughs) t-shirt. In reality, MJF and Paige's daughter Lexi Nair, who is now working for AEW as a backstage interviewer, are good friends, and she got a kick out of it.
2: I still hate it. Yep.
0: (laughs) And one more uh, sad uh, potentially uh, news note. ITV Box Office in the UK, which had been carrying the AEW pay-per-view events announced last week that they are shutting down the channel, uh, effective immediately. So that means that for now, like the only way to watch AEW pay-per-views is through fight TV for the UK. Oh, wow. So that cuts off a big, like, cause that's like a on your cable box. Yeah. Easy to like, so for people who aren't like, like maybe for older fans who aren't as like, into like streaming stuff, they might not they might lose a segment of their because not everybody's gonna migrate over to Fight TV.
1: Right.
0: So that's and that's that's their second biggest pay-per-view market. Oh so, man. Yeah.
1: It's bad timing.
0: Yeah, it really is. And as for next week, with just uh I'll just tell you what matches you can expect to see on Dark and Dynamite. Uh, Dark for February 4th. We got Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt versus Sunny Kiss and Brandon Cutler. So Kiss and Cutler. Train it again. Maybe Maybe Sonny will actually make a tag this time. <laughs> we got Hikaru Shida versus Mel of the Nightmare Collective. And
1: um, no, and... no, that'll be terrible because Mel wasn't very great at taking bumps and
2: it did and not go well. And, Hikaru yeah. can't like muscle her up the way Chris Statlinator could. <laughs> exactly, exactly.
0: And uh, the main event, Best Friends versus Sean Spears and Colin Delaney as Sean Spears continues his search for the perfect tag team partner and uses Chikara regular Colin Delaney in that pursuit. <laughs> so, huh. Uh, and then for Dynamite, which uh, some pretty, I think there's some pretty interesting stuff on this show for the fifth. We've got uh, John Moxley versus Ortiz. We've got... Dr. Britt Baker versus the returning magical girl, Yuka Sakazaki.
2: Oh, damn.
0: I knew Megan
1: would be excited about that.
0: We've got 10 Lashes for Cody from MJF. Ugh. And we've got the Lucha Brothers and the Butcher and the Blade taking on the Young Bucks and the AEW Tag Team Champions, Mega Hung.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I hope they use it.
1: Now see, AEW,
2: that's for you. You can use Mega Hung. They need to respond to your Instagram post. They're the ones that need to be like, oh not like oh, but like oh
1: yeah. I actually tagged AEW TNT mm-hmm. on it as well and AEW or and all elite wrestling on it just so that they would see it. Yeah. I mean
2: the, the censors will never allow it, but it should be Why why? They say bitch. They talk about banging women. Chuck Taylor's not allowed to say the S word, so Well but Adam can he can't well because it's cowboy shit
0: alright well uh that is it from here for this week Uh, and for Megan and for Jenny I'm Andy and thank you very much for listening to the Elite Beat
2: Elite Beat Elite Beat